When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go paper-tarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. If you haven't heard, it's a good idea to fit probiotics into your daily routine. Fortunately, Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls make that so easy. These adorable little pearls couldn't be easier to take, and they support both digestive and vaginal health, all because of the probiotics. There are actually one billion active cultures protecting against occasional bloating, constipation, and digestive discomfort, all in one tiny little pearl. To learn more about Nature's Way women's probiotic pearls and how they can fit into your routine, visit naturesway.com. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott. And I'm Ben. We are here with our super producer, as always, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Noel the Mysterion Brown. It's a good one. Remember that uh, oldies band, uh, Question Mark and the Mysterions? Was that it? Um, maybe. They did awesome. 99 Tears? Oh, yeah. They're yeah, going to yeah. cry. I think so. Cry, cry, cry. Yeah, how about, um, let's see, I'm trying to think of an alternative one. How about uh, Noel the Enigma? Brian? We already used that? We already that used Enigma. That feels like that's a, oh, wow. Well. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, well, you know, maybe, uh, maybe, let's see what else. There's... Uh, the the nebulous Noel Nebulous Brown. That sounds familiar too. Oh, I think man. we're running out of the good ones. We're running. <laughs> we're running out of <laughs> question mark stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, then why are we running out? Because there's a very specific theme we're following here. Correct. Yes, we're uh, we're asking each other some questions that are unknown to the other person. So uh, it's another mystery show topic day where I ask Ben a question that he has he has no idea what I'm going to ask him right now. Mm-hmm. You will in three minutes from now, but not right now, or maybe not. Maybe. Maybe in three minutes you'll be completely confused. I'll be even more baffled, uh, but I will shed some light on this. Um, now that I think about it, 99 Tears was written by, or performed rather, by Question Mark and the Mysterians, not Mysterions. You're very close. And, you I know, was pretty close. I just go along with this stuff. <laughs> I, don't, right. I don't really know music. I try, but I don't really know it. So, uh, oh, yeah, you're right, Ben. That's, uh, it was, uh, what was that, 1982, 1996? <laughs> Playing that game, 19 is Hey, something like that. Hey, there's two quick things that I'd like to update our listeners on Yeah. prior to jumping into today's topic. And we'll do these kind of quick. But number one, Ben, how did this happen? We've already published our 700th episode at this point. We did. It's happened so quickly. I yeah. was thinking of the same thing. Well, I was updating the Car Stuff site, you know, the carstuffshow.com, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. uh, and I realized, oh, boy, that number there says 700 on our RSS feed. Uh-huh. And uh, we let it come and go without much fanfare. We tried to uh, maybe ask some listeners if they would write in some suggestions for what we could we cover did. on that episode. Yeah. But um, 
Ah, well, it just flew um, past us, man. It, it has already happened. It was the rolling on tires episode. Mm-hmm. That was the number seven hundredth of you know out of our what last seven years, eight years. Yeah, also an episode where we spent the first few minutes, I think, talking about Tennessee oh, and creeks. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> so we were hanging out. It was pretty informal, but that was a good episode. That was a fun episode to record, as yeah. are most of our episodes, really. I mean, mm-hmm. not a lot of them are like pulling teeth, do you think? No, nah, I don't think so. Uh, a few I guess here and there. A few here and there, a bit uphill. Yeah, <laughs> jet fuel, for one. Uh, that's a good one. And, uh, oh, there's that one that we never aired. Oh, man. Which we shall never, never speak of again. Never name it. We'll never, never name, name it. it. Yeah, never name it. That was a weird day. But uh, also, uh, we are... If, if episodes are going this quickly, that means that we are well on our way to our 1,000th episode. Yeah, we're getting there. That's crazy, man. It is crazy. Now, there's another thing that uh, uh, I'd like to alert our listeners to, and that is the fact that we have now received some limericks in the mail. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have received some limericks in the mail. You're going to hear uh, – let's see, you want to do a couple today? I will do a couple today, and I'm going to save a couple for the next episode. Maybe you can read the next ones. All right. Uh, the very – First limerick to arrive to car stuff was from superfan Aaron Cooper. Yes, yeah, uh, Aaron Cooper will be familiar to those of you out there listening who follow us on Twitter. Uh, he is the guy who occasionally uh, makes pictures of of me engaging with ha- Honda Odyssey in a way that I never would, which is driving it. And in a fez. And uh, I think he created a couple of clowns out of you and I when we were oh, doing the uh, yeah. <laughs> a couple scary clowns. Out yeah, of the, he's uh, a Photoshop master. Yeah, exactly. American Pickers, things like that. Yeah, it's, yeah, uh, that some was fun, cool. Some fun stuff. Very talented with yeah. the uh, with the Photoshop tool. And a hilarious guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. I'm sure he's going to appreciate that I say the Photoshop tool. <laughs> All right. So um, – Let's see. The very first limerick that came to us, and, and this is uh, one of two from Aaron. He sent another one the very same day. Um, here, we'll get, here we go. It's, it's, it's dedicated to you, Ben, in a way. It's about you. You're the subject anyway. Uh, oh, I know. All I right. Know. <laughs> here we go. There once was a man named Ben Bolin. His sweet Monte Carlo was rolling. He revs at the light with all of his might. It's time to go Odyssey trolling. And he says, true story, I assume. Yeah, and I wrote back and said, Confirmed. It was a tr- it was not, a true story. Not bad. Very good. The Hondas troll me though. Point of order. <laughs> That's true. That's probably right. And uh, he said, you know, I've been trying to come up with something for Scott as well, and mm-hmm. uh, trying to rhyme something. And if, I don't know if you guys are tech stuff listeners or not, but I I recently guest hosted on Tech Stuff. Yep. And we talked about Hitchbot with uh, you know myself and Jonathan. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan kept bringing up this other robot called the love bot and i had to giggle every time i heard it because i'm of course you know like i'm, I'm like a, a grade school kid you right, know? I, can't, right. I can't help myself uh so he kept he kept saying it i think he was taunting me with the, the term later on but uh, he said every time i tried to get to the word you know i got to the word scott i kept trying to rhyme it with love bot and i didn't think that was appropriate for the show so uh he eventually did come up with a a, a good limerick that we can read on air mm-hmm. and um all right here we go you want me to read it yeah all right Scott Benjamin, skilled with a clutch, and engines and throttles and such. His car is a beast, in theory at least. Those whistle tips, though, not so much. Yeah, that's. I, I thought that was well written, too. Nice tie-in with uh, the whistle tips. I yeah. like that. Yeah. Oh, man, the whistle tips episode was Whoa. just crazy. Bub rub. 
Bub Rub. And his sister, I just, I think her name was Little Sis, wasn't it? Yeah. Her Little yeah. Sis. It's just decorative. It's purely for decorative purposes. <laughs> those whistle tips were hilarious. But, but nice work, Aaron. We really appreciate it. And, uh, those were the very first two that we received. Mm-hmm. There's a couple more in the pipeline here that we're going to bring up maybe in the next episode. Right. And, yeah. uh, and I don't know, good stuff coming in. Yeah, I'm excited to, uh, I'm excited to bring those to the air. But now, Scott, I have to tell you, my nerves are killing me. Where are we, uh, where are we headed with well, this? This is a simple one. You're not really going to have to sweat this at all. In fact, I want every listener out there to think about this and, and think about it more than just for, you know, just a, a quick moment. Think about it in real terms. Like if you were really to do this, what would you choose? And, and here's my question to you, Ben, today. You've got a, you've got a, a daily driver, right? Yes. A, a single daily driver vehicle. Yeah. And, uh, if, you know, married people, they can extrapolate this to, uh, you've got, you're probably your husband and, and wife and or wife has a, uh, has a car as well. Mm-hmm. If you were to purchase a, a third vehicle, and I guess in your case, a second vehicle, something that, uh, you, you rarely use, you know, a weekend vehicle, mm-hmm. what would that vehicle be and why? And here's why I ask this, because it's a, it's a deeper question than you think. And I, I don't mean deep, you know, that it's challenging or anything, but sure. But really think about it because there's a, a lot to kind of mull over here. Your initial thought might be, uh, might be, yeah, I'd like to get a sports car, you know, something completely impractical, something with two seats, something I can, you know, take up into the mountains and really, uh, you know, just thrash it through the, uh, through the hills. Mm-hmm. The other thing would be, well, maybe, maybe I want a truck, you know, something I can go drive up to Home Depot and bring home a load of wood. Yeah. Because you know, I'm building a deck this summer. Maybe that's something that I'd want to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's just an outright toy of some kind. You know, maybe it's, um, um, you know, something that's completely unusual, a classic vehicle of some kind, but complete, mm-hmm. also completely impractical or right. something that just takes so much fuel to drive that, you know, you wouldn't drive it to work daily. There's like just, Alton V? Yeah, there's no way that you could drive this vehicle 60 miles, you know, you know, 30 each way to and from work. There's just no way. And it's, it's a good question too. What would your, what would your second car, your non-daily driver be? Or second vehicle, I'd yeah, say. Second. And again, if you're single, consider this your second vehicle. If you're, if you're married and you have two cars already, consider this your third vehicle. Good, good call. Good it's call. An, an additional vehicle that mainly sits parked in the garage or the driveway or under the shed or whatever. Now we do have we do have uh, uh, single listeners in our audience who also own multiple cars. Yeah, and this I guess this kind of pertains to them too. I, I have I, I'm married. Mm-hmm. My wife and I both have two vehicles. We've recently changed our vehicles. You know, we switched to new daily drivers. So I'd like to talk about that a little bit because that has changed some things. How in, so? In the dynamic of of you know the way we do things on weekends, I guess. Really? Yes, it has. And uh, and I have a third vehicle, which is that project car that just goes nowhere the newport yeah the newport which just sits there i mean i i had good intentions just like everybody else with any project car but um it, it hasn't really done anything and i get a lot of flack for that from um, whom from the other side of the marriage ben from the, yeah <laughs> i don't want to say specifically who but it's don't uh, get yourself in trouble one of the two females that lives in my house i have a daughter as well it's not her and it's not the bird yeah and the bird oh yeah the bird the bird's not saying much about it either but um Honestly, like, I, I mean, I had big plans for that car. I was going to, um, you know, switch that, uh, switch that, or I guess flip it, you know, right, quickly. That right. was the, the initial Restore plan. And flip it. Yeah. yeah. No way. Didn't happen. But you've done, you've done a lot of work on it for sure. And it, I, it's easy for me to say what I'm about to say, Scott, because I have never put a hand on the Newport, nor have I helped in any way. I haven't seen it in person. Either. I have never seen it in person. Because I, I, you know, I, I'd have to sneak into your garage. However, with all that enormous caveat, it's not over yet. 
It's never over well, until you decide to get rid of the car. The honest truth is that, that that car could be running in 10 minutes. Yeah. I mean, it could be running in 10 minutes. It's a running vehicle. It's just not a driving vehicle because of, uh, well, things It's got like, the brakes. Right? There's a brake master cylinder issue, like the, uh, the booster, rather. Right. Uh, there's a fuel tank issue. It has a fuel tank, but it's, it's a temporary it's, fuel tank. Isn't it in the trunk? It's in the trunk. It's a giant marine cell fuel tank. Okay. So, um, yeah. it's a big one, but it's, it just slides around in there and it's terribly dangerous. Um, some things like that, but, Honestly, it could run in ten minutes, and mm-hmm. that's that's what keeps me hanging on to this thing. <laughs> but but I don't dare back it out of the driveway because I'll take out maybe you know my neighbor's car and a mailbox on the way. And your neighbor has some nice cars. Yeah, that's right. So, anyways, a, a lot of people fall trapped to that too. Is that they have an, a, a third car that they buy that then just sits there and does nothing. And mm-hmm. and I've I've fallen into that. I thought it wasn't going to. Yeah, I've had great success with that in the past. Owning owning a toy vehicle. It is completely impractical. The MG was one. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, um, let's see, I, I had the, uh, the Testiva that was initially my daily driver, but then I hung on to for a while as a, as a toy. Um, you know, just some fun things along the way that, um, you know, I've had that, uh, was fun for, they were fun for weekend use. They were fun for occasional use. Sure. But definitely not a daily driver. And, and that's the question is that, you know, what fits you best for that third or in some cases second? I'll just continue to say third car. Okay. Um, is it, a, is it an SUV? Is it a truck? Is it a, is it a, maybe an old minivan? Is it a station wagon? I mean, rarely would you find somebody that gets a station wagon. I can tell you a, a couple cars later on that clearly would make it, in my opinion, a terrible, a terrible third, one. Pre, third vehicle. And there's very, very few that fit that category, but I think you'll you agree found with some. when I say it. Yeah, there, uh, there are a couple of categories it occurs to me. I'm glad you mentioned categories because one – would right be the uh the sports car the high performance mm-hmm. the the weekend toy another one would be the utility vehicle right mm-hmm. inconvenient to drive but you can haul anything in it yeah right? and likely a fuel hog as well I mean, a fuel hog typically yeah. because they're bigger and they typically will, if you're talking about a utility vehicle that has a you know V8 engine mm-hmm. um, and you're carrying weight in that vehicle of course sure. you're spend a lot of money on fuel and and Maybe suspension items. Who knows? Yeah, and then there's and then there's what I would call the um, like the daddy's darling, the garage baby that only comes out on weekends where the weather is nice. Sure, this is the uh, the the previously restored Austin Healey. Right. It's yeah. In yeah. Mint condition. Exactly. And, uh, it exactly. doesn't have a, a cobweb or a speck of dust on it. And then let's make I would say let's make a uh, a fourth category and call that miscellaneous. So this would be stuff like a. Um, this would be stuff like a crotch rocket. Oh, okay. So you're talking like motorcycles, right? Or, right. Um, boy, I don't. I was thinking cars mainly, but okay. motorcycles are fine because that's a, a road going vehicle. But what should we include? Boats and things like that? In I don't because? think so. I don't think we should include anything for the air or water. Okay. I think it should just be something you can store at your house, right, and take. Onto from your driveway onto the road. Sure. So maybe we also say they have to be street legal. Oh, street. Okay, fair enough. That's fair enough, right? Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so no, uh, no kick-ass race cars, unfortunately. Yeah, no track day vehicles. Right. Like right. And I, I understand that you know the temptation would be there to to say something like that, but what if it's a car that you could? I mean, this this would this would count, I guess. Okay. Let's say that you join a club like uh, SCCA, the Sports Car Club of America, and yeah. they've got a solo event you know, that happens locally, and you know you like to participate in that one, and one that's a few, maybe maybe a state away or something. Uh-huh. But it's a car that you can drive on the road to the event, and a lot of people have uh, road 
you know, I guess street legal race cars that they drive to local tracks to participate, you know, maybe once a month in or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's totally fine. We can include that. And that's, okay. again, that, that, again, that's another one of those really impractical groupings <laughs> right, of right. vehicles because you Which can't, that, I think that goes into the sports high performance. Yeah. I mean, because if they have a passenger seat, usually, uh, usually they won't have a third seat, you know, if you want to bring someone else along with right. you. And, and you don't typically take your track day car out, you know, for the weekend. It's not, it's not the norm. I mean, some people will do that, of course, but, uh, it's, it, you know, rare events, you know, like you'll take it mm-hmm. out, maybe get an ice cream somewhere because it's fun to do. Or, uh, you know, to cruise up and down Woodward Avenue, maybe, or something sure, like that. Yeah, but, yeah. um, uh, outside of that, um, I don't know, it's, it's a pretty rare sight to see a true race car on the road. That is, that is absolutely true. Uh, I would say, okay. I have thought about this question before for a long time mm-hmm. and I am torn because I think there are, I think in all four of the categories we've set up, there are things that I want desperately. And you know how it is when you really, really want something, this psychological thing occurs in your head and you begin to confuse that want with a need. Ah, see, here, we're getting, we've said this many times, emotional decision. Yeah, it becomes, yeah, exactly. It becomes an emotional decision versus a uh, a logical decision. Right. Yeah. Right. So you got to balance between you got to balance between emotional and logic. Like, how cool would it be to have a T Rex? You know, oh, like, yeah. I, <laughs> where would it go? I've been seeing more of those. Uh, more. Um, wait, not specific. Not specifically T Rex, but but more and more three wheeled vehicles around Atlanta. I am. You know what? I'm super glad you said this. I remember not long ago, I posted on our Facebook page, there was a, um, a slingshot. Yeah. At a, at a local tire dealer. Yeah, yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. It was an orange one, a red one, or mm-hmm. whatever. This, this very morning, when I drove by that same spot, now it's a, it's a company that will do modifications to that specific type of vehicle, so it's not unusual to see it there. Right, okay. There was, there was a white one parked in the same parking lot. So it's clearly a different vehicle and a different model. It had, uh, it was maybe an up, you know, an up level to whatever yeah. the slingshot is. I don't even know off the top of my head what that is. Um, but you're right. I'm starting to see more of those three wheel vehicles that are open top, almost like, um, you know, the kind that you have to wear a, a helmet for right, when you're right. Riding. Where, where have you seen one recently? Uh, I want to say, let's see, where was I? I was driving from here to Decatur. So for anybody who's unfamiliar with Atlanta, which I, I assume would be most people listening, uh, Atlanta, is surrounded by other smaller towns like a lot of other big cities. And Decatur is a city slightly to the east, and it's a very short drive. And it seems almost as if you never really leave Atlanta to get to Decatur. It's right. Still, you can still ride the train there. It's still within the uh, interstate circle. Yeah, the, right. the Atlanta metro area, I guess. Yeah. I and mean, it's definitely close by. So on that short drive, you were able to see one of these uh, mm-hmm. three-wheel vehicles. Yeah. And now, I, now, wouldn't that be a blast to have something like that for a three or a third yeah. vehicle or second vehicle? Yeah, that'd um, be fun. But I still can't, you know, it's still kind of a toy. Well, absolute toy, sure. Yeah. I mean, because you're not going to carry anything in there. I mean, I think no. there's a, uh, uh, what equates to almost like a saddlebag, you know, for a motorcycle. That's about it. For storage. Yeah. And there's a shotgun seat. Yeah, there is. So if you go to the grocery store in this thing, hard to believe you would, but if you go to the grocery <laughs> store in this, um, you know, you can maybe put a couple of bags next to you, you know, in that area. Yeah. And that's about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cover parking. And I know for some reason, I know that the, you could encounter some similar issues with a really nice motorcycle, sure. right? You oh, want to yeah. keep that inside, keep that covered. Absolutely. And safe. And safe. Yeah. But it seems 
for some reason, a motorcycle seems more, uh, uh, an orthodox two-wheel motorcycle you seems know, more appealing than a three-wheeled slingshot. You know, you can say that about almost any one of these cars that we're talking about. Almost. I mean, I know that some people are going to buy, you know, that really beat-up old SUV and keep it outside. You know, maybe <laughs> maybe throw a tarp on it. You know, right. throw a leaky tarp on top of it, uh-huh. and, and that's fine. But um, for a lot of people with these toy vehicles or the project car, like that stupid project car of mine has been in there for five years. I've been parking my daily driver outside on the driveway. Right. You know, that's my that's my punishment, Ben. And uh and I when I go outside it's super hot, it's covered with leaves, it's got yeah. dirt on it, you know. It's, and the uh, birds make their visits. Yeah, so it never stays clean. I mean I wash my car and it stays clean for a day and that's yeah. it. And then the next day it's it's over with. But um that's one of the things I keep thinking about. Like if, if I do think about getting rid of it, I think, well it'd be nice to park in the garage, but then I don't have anything any any toy. And that's a crazy thing to think because Right now, it's as if I don't have anything. I don't even work on it. I don't really get any enjoyment out of it at this point yeah. until I until I tackle that again. So there's so many, like, little traps that you fall into with these things like mm-hmm. this, and, and that's one of them is that, you know, you, you, you buy it with the best intentions. Right. But let's say you buy that old pickup truck, and, and you think, well, it's going to be a great vehicle for me to run out to uh, the lumber yard or up to, um, I don't know, the uh, the local, you know, stone place and, and pick up a yard of stone for the for the yard or whatever. Yeah, it's nice to think of that, but what if you realize like, well, this thing's breaking down on me all the time. It's not even reliable enough to get you know the uh, the fifteen miles that I need to go right. to the, uh, pick up a, a pallet of sod or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then it becomes you know just kind of a thorn in your side. Um, it's it's difficult. You know, do you get rid of it or do you just you spend a lot of money on that versus your the cars that you drive daily? Mm-hmm. Um, all this stuff is things to consider when you do you're talking about your third vehicle. And then are we are we thinking of this? With a price range in mind, or is price no object? Price is no object because everybody has their own level, you know, what they're comfortable with. You know, you might want to buy, uh, the neighbor might be selling his old pickup truck for 500 bucks, the, uh, or, or, you know, whatever it happens to be, um, you know, something of interest that, that's a thousand dollars. But somebody else might be interested in buying, like we said, that old Austin Healey that's, that's $21,000. Uh, something like that. It, everybody has their own level. So, you know, sky's the limit on this, Ben. Whatever you're comfortable with, uh, that's what we'll go with. So before we get to some of our picks, mm-hmm. before I get to my pick, uh, what are what are some cars that would make terrible? Oh, you know, third cars. I was thinking about this on the way in this morning, okay. and I've been thinking about this topic overall. And and I'd always been thinking about what would be the best ones, what would be the best choices, or you know, particular for for us, you know, like me and yeah. you, or or what would be the best for um, you know people that we know in the office. And I was thinking, well. I'm thinking about this wrong. There's also got to be a category of cars that you really shouldn't buy as a third vehicle. Right. And it's kind of – it'll make sense when you, when okay, you hear what okay. I have to say. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a strong opinion that the third vehicle, the extra vehicle in a family, should not be a plug-in hybrid or an electric vehicle. Hmm. And the reason is because it seems like those are what you would buy for your daily use. That's your bread and butter car. That's your that's your way to get I to and from see. work. A commuter, a cheap vehicle. That's not the fun one. That's not the fun one. And and okay, I understand you can get a, uh, a you know a Tesla Roadster or something like that from you know a decade back. That's a lot of fun. And maybe sure. maybe that's maybe that's one exception to this rule. But I would say that almost everybody can agree with me on this fact that you don't buy a Nissan Leaf. As your third vehicle, as it, right. As, I mean, sure, it's it's it might be interesting. It's an interesting vehicle to own. Nobody gets the I Prius is the fun one. No, or or you know, Tesla. Sure, that's that's exciting. It could be kind of a fun you know toy. Right. But that's a one hundred thousand dollar toy. 
Yeah. And that's that's yeah. the difference in that one. Now, if if it was to come down in price by, you know, a third, uh, I could see maybe some people starting to buy them just as kind of a novelty item. Which but, is ultimately the plan, but it's not going to be that current model. Yeah. It's going to be something much more like uh, much more sedate. Yeah, and I don't think you buy a plug-in hybrid like the Chevy Volt or something like that mm. as a third vehicle. I just don't I don't see it. I see I, that as a really primary. S- yeah, I see that point and I think it's I think it's a good point. There's also there's also the question of is this a vehicle that you just have that you previously upgraded from one and it's just like left over, you know? Ooh, that's a possibility too. That's a possibility. In that case I could see something like not not a hybrid. Cause I don't I don't know if enough time has passed yet for that. But uh, of course, to say nothing of electric vehicles. But I think a lot of people probably end up with their third vehicle being you know like a a mid nineties Honda that didn't that you know wasn't broken, but it was time for a new car. And so instead of selling it, they kept it, and now maybe. They're waiting for their kid to turn 16 or go to college or something oh, like that. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And then it becomes the kid's car. But right. Then, and then you're back to two vehicles. And the then you get – and that's when you get the Countach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, okay. So, you know, that's a, that's a good point, Ben, though, that, that, you know, a lot of times you'll have an SUV that has a trailer hitch. Right. And you realize, well, I need that for the boat. I have to pull the uh, the trailer that hauls, you know, the, uh, the the load of wood that I get every fall. Sure, um, yeah. So you realize, well, geez, we can't get rid of that. And besides that, it's not really costing me much of anything. It's reliable. Yeah. Insurance is cheap, sure. especially if it's going to be our third vehicle and we're barely driving it. Um, there's a lot of – there's so many angles to this, but I, I guess I'm, I'm more concerned with, you know, you and I choosing one right now. Like if we don't have a third vehicle, if we were to pick a third vehicle. Yeah. And what would that be? And just real quick, if you don't mind. Ben. Sure. Give you another minute to think about your choice. Oh, here. Okay. But, um, I had said that I was going to tell you kind of like what had happened with uh, with my wife' vehicle and my vehicle, and I think oh how happened, it changed I, your routine. And I think this happens often with people is that you know you you, you change vehicles, and here's the way I, I kind of view this is that, that sometimes a couple's primary car decision or choice of what they what they purchase you know for that for that daily driver is based on what the other spouse drives daily to work as well. Oh sure, it's like uh, for people. For for people who are not car people or for people who are in, like, a family unit, it's almost like when you go to the menu of a restaurant, you don't want to order the same thing. Yes. Yes. That's a, that's a very good way to, to put it into uh, just general terms because here's what we had. I, I used to have a uh, hatchback, like a very economical hatchback right. that was meant for long drives. You know, we could drive it. Uh, it was comfortable, mm-hmm. um, but it was it was good for getting um, – you know, like in northern Georgia or something like that. Sure, you know, yeah, a yeah, shorter, yeah. shorter drive, not not the uh, the bigger long road trips by any means, but um, it was economical. And my wife had a Honda Element, and the inside of the Element, I don't know if anybody knows this or not, but when the the Honda Element is a very deceptive vehicle. In, <laughs> inside, it's like a school bus. It's yeah, enormous. it's huge inside. Yeah, the the way that they have designed that vehicle with a flat floor and the way that you can mm-hmm. fold the seats up to the windows on the sides and everything. You can carry just about anything in that. It's a great car. It was a really good utility type vehicle. Not a truck, but close to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, we were comfortable tying the Christmas tree on top of that in the wintertime. We were, um, fine cool. picking up a piece of furniture and putting it in the back, you know, or, or whatever it happened to be. The stuff that we're going to donate, you know, taking the old lawnmower to donate, you know, th- that was no problem. You put it on a blanket and you throw it in the back. Now she drives a brand new, uh, it's a lease vehicle, but it's a brand new Jeep Renegade. And <laughs> it's, a, very, very small inside. Now, I know it's a utility <laughs> vehicle, but right. it's a small utility vehicle, a sport utility vehicle. Yeah. 
It's and, like a, uh, uh, like a, a compact SUV. Dramatically different inside as far as space goes. And really? we haven't taken a road trip in it yet, you know, the long distance, because we, we would do that in the, the element because mm-hmm. we had room for luggage. We had room sure. for uh, Christmas kid, gifts. You know, we're, we're, we're yeah. traveling north for Christmas. We had room to bring things back in that vehicle. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to do now. We may end up be, being stuck in my car, which is a four-door sedan, which I bought for very practical reasons, four doors. Sure. Easy to get, you know, three or four people in and out of. Mm-hmm. Um, has some trunk space. Um, it's just more comfortable for cruising around, you know, yeah. like shorter distance trips like, you know, maybe um, in North Georgia. But I think this one may be our, our long distance traveler now as well because it just seems to be more comfortable. The Renegade? Than the Renegade. No, oh, no, no Okay, good. I was uh, about to say. You know, the Volkswagen CC is, is a little is more comfortable than the Renegade. Lo- yeah, um, I've seen the Volkswagen inside. Yeah, that's... I'm not. I'm not saying anything bad about the Renegade. I'm just saying that you know we went from something that had a lot of interior space and sure. very utility uh, to something that is uh, uh, less space and it just it, with being a lease and everything. I don't really want to get it too beat up or anything. Right. You know? Right. That's uh, a. That's what I was about to we, say as well. We went to the. We used to go to the Animal Safari. that's, yeah. uh, that's South of town here, uh-huh. and uh, it's one of those places where you drive around with your windows down and feed the animals. Yeah. And they wander up and they they scratch the hell out of your vehicle with their giant horns and. You've got things like a giraffe with its head inside the car, you know, yeah. licking the steering wheel and stuff. It's one of those crazy places. Yeah. We were totally comfortable taking the element there, but I don't think we're going to take this leased, uh, you know, renegade there. And I'm certainly not going to drive my Volkswagen on that, on that, uh, you know, dirt track that goes around there with <laughs> these horned vehicles licking the car all over. You're too good, huh? Pretty gross. So, you know what? I am too good for that. You're it's too that, good for it. I wouldn't do that with my Civic hatchback either. I just, I just wouldn't stand for it. But she had no problem letting <laughs> the, uh, you know, the horns scratch the hell out of the side of the car. But, um, anyways, I, I really digressed here, but I'm telling you that people choose their vehicle based on what the spouse owns as well. Sure. And that happens all the time. So where does that leave you for a third vehicle? Yeah. What the door's wide open. The door is wide open when you get that point because you've both put the time in with your primary vehicles to kind of satisfy whatever yeah. practical needs you have. So maybe it's time for that uh, Acura NSX or maybe it's yeah. time for, uh, you know, the motorcycle that you wanted. Sure, sure. Yeah. So what is it? Or that you your do? spouse wanted. What's, uh, what, what, let me, you want to give me to give your choice or your choice first or you want me to give my choice first? Uh, let's see. I will give you the choice I'm feeling right now, uh, but, I'll tell you in advance, you're probably not going to like it. Oh, no, it's not going to be a Nissan Leaf, is it? <laughs> no. Oh, good. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, I was only joking. I didn't mean to seem so offended. I was only joking. But, uh, well, all right, here's the thing. We're in a little bit different situation. I live uh, I live on my own, I live mm-hmm. by myself. Sure. Um, and I have one vehicle, and I'm in, a, I'm in a pretty fine spot with it, no complaints. Uh, but... If I were to get a second thing, right, and let's just say the vehicle I have now is fine, satisfies all the other stuff. If I were to get a second vehicle, it would be something that I it would I would file it under either miscellaneous or utility. Our categories again: sports, high performance, utility, uh, uh, garage, dar- garage baby, or miscellaneous. Scott, I would want something I could take a road trip in and live in. I would get an RV, probably an Airstream, uh, maybe. And I know, guys, I know it's not high performance in racing. I just, since I was a kid, uh, we talked about this in an earlier episode. Since I was a kid, I always had this idea of going on the open road and living there. And there, and RVs, 
I, I know it might sound like kind of an elderly person choice. I mean, let's get the elephant in the room and point it out. But the problem, the, the problems with RVs are numerous. Uh, one, the mileage is terrible. Uh, two, the handling is garbage. Three, uh, parking, just transporting at places is more of a pain, right? Sure. Uh, but even in the course of our time recording these episodes, I've been storing away uh, bits of, of trivia to work on this um, this fantasy year-long road trip. You know, I would take this thing down uh, through Central America if I could, which seems like a recipe for disaster intellectually, Scott. Intellectually, I know this is a terrible <laughs> idea. It could be. It is, but uh, but it seems uh, the the idea that you could – you could drive around anywhere and just crash when you felt like oh, poor choice of words. Uh, camp when you felt like it is uh, is to me very appealing. And I know a lot of people will say, uh, "Hey Ben, why don't you just get a pickup and get a pickup cover, and you can just you know like sleep in that or take a tent out and do that." I I get that too. I just for some reason I like the idea of a thing that is an apartment that can go anywhere. Uh, there are much much better choices, and I know I don't know if that's cheating, but because you can drive it on the road, it is road legal, it's street legal. And yes, I was setting this up from the moment you asked the question for it to for it to fit in our conversation. But man, <laughs> can you imagine? Like you could have, um, you you could drive somewhere and say, oh, that it's lovely this time of year in the fall in New England. Uh, so I'm going to stay out here, right? I'm just going to go there. I'm just going to go there. Yeah. And people do the same thing on motorcycles. Uh, so maybe that would be something if I could get the, if I could get the camping equipment right, you know, like a, just a, a pup tent and yeah, a sleeping you know what? bag. That's, that's completely different without a, a hard roof over your head. Oh yeah, I know. Yeah. I do know. Well, yeah. you know what? I think that's a, a solid choice. I think really, really yeah, I really do. I mean, that's uh, that's impressive that you know you've, you've thought about this for decades, really, <laughs> yes. um, about doing this. And I know you talked about custom vans and your love of that, and that you oh, could yeah. live in that if you wanted to. Oh so I sure. Think you're, I think you're. Don't take this the wrong way. It seems like you're like one step away from living down by the river, and I don't mean <laughs> in a bad way. I mean like uh, I mean in a good way. Like you want to be down there living by the river. You know, like, uh, oh, man. like that's the place to be. And it's kind of cool that, you know, you could, you could take it anywhere you want. Yeah. In the US, as long as you had that freedom, that, that, um, you know, freedom from utility bills and, you know, responsibilities. Right. right. If you were maybe a freelance writer that could just do what you do from the road. Yeah. What a lifestyle. You know, that's, that's true. And I'll tell you something here. This is a little bit of a tangent, but I think you'll enjoy it, Scott. I think you'll enjoy it, listeners. And Noel, you might actually know the guy I'm talking about. So there is a venue here uh, in Atlanta, right down the street from us, right down Ponce, and it's known locally as the Big House. Not the most creative name, I get it, but it's uh, it's an older mansion, a legitimate mansion that somehow became this uh, weird artsy hangout place where they'll do shows. Uh, I've been there for comedy shows before, stuff like that, and... When you go in there, it's hard to find the entrance. There's a very old uh, iron gate, and the people who live there are, let's say, bohemian. Oh, they live there. They're people who live or slash squat there. Oh, I see. And uh, and right when you walk in the gate, yeah, there's uh, a 
what used to be this really, I'm sure, beautiful front yard, but now, of course, it doesn't look that great. And uh, there's, and they still upkeep it. They just also use it to park cars. And the most interesting thing there is a school bus directly to the left when you walk in, and it has been there. I don't know how long, but it's a Bluebird school bus that's out of date. It's been turned into a shotgun apartment. And you walk in through the door of the bus. There's a back exit, the emergency exit that the kids would use. And I have been in there and met the guy who is currently living there. And, I, of course, I said, well, how did you come to to live in this place? And he said, oh, I uh, inherited it from the guy who lived there previously. <laughs> and I was like, not – you don't mean like legal inheritance. And he was like, oh, yeah, no, no, no. He's kind of passed along. He gave Yeah, he gave this place to me. And the the thing that was strange was my first thought was like, is this drivable? Because if it's drivable, it's worth it to me. I was just going to ask that. Is it mobile or is this thing kind of stuck in the ground? I think it's stuck. It's I stuck in the ground. I think, I think it's stuck. I mean, you would have to change out the tires. You'd have yeah. to do a lot of work to get it rolling. Sure. Because, you know, you can tell if you go into – if you're in a vehicle like that, just from the way things are organized, you can tell if it's drivable. Well, not only that. I mean, yeah, exactly right. I mean – and, and the engines. You know, well, garbage. Well, the way you handle the interior would be completely different versus, you know, on a vehicle that right. is roadworthy versus one that isn't. I mean, you know, anybody who has experience with boats knows that you tie everything down. You put right. everything away in a, in a cabinet that locks in some no way. No matter what. Yeah, every – and same thing with RVs. I mean, it's all, it's all very logical that way. But, yeah, that's interesting. I, I, I really I, – I knew that you had an interest in in kind of that uh, – and it sounds so derogatory. But it's like it's – like, transient life or something you know, like where you're, but but i mean like the life of a traveler i guess you know right. where you're on the road constantly and uh, that'd be kind of fun that would be interesting it'd be cool because we could do we do podcast dispatches from the road that'd be neat yeah uh but granted the only reason i'm saying that is because those trailers can get or those rvs can get pretty expensive mm-hmm. the the really high-end ones you know because yeah. they're at, at at a certain point they're essentially a bus well sure yeah they're, i mean we're talking several hundred thousand dollars right I mean, the cost of a, of a of a reasonable house yeah or, yeah or a luxury house or a luxury house yeah, yeah it depends on how what level you go to with those things, so right? it would be a lot of fun there was one there was this one guy I'm, i can't remember his name at the moment who built a, a, an amphibious RV that he had, he had a crazy name for it, and his goal was to circumnavigate the world. Wow! Because it was apparently seaworthy as well. Uh, that's some big bodies of water to cross in an, in an RV. I don't think I don't think it's plausible to get across an ocean. In an RV. No, no, no. You start getting into storms in the North Atlantic or something like that where the swells are 60 feet. Right. Good right. luck. Good luck. I, That's, mean, I mean, sure. I mean, it, it, it's interesting, you know, to drive on the local lake, you know, or something. Right. It's relatively big. But when you get out into, you know, the Pacific and the Atlantic and – other bodies of water Especially that you have to cross. The Pacific, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's rough. Bad news. I just I, – I don't think it's not to not – to, uh, Personalized bubble, but I, I don't think it's possible. The thing is, though, that vehicle seems so cool. Uh, if if it were not an RV, then I would probably go for a garage, darling, and get a nice, like nice mid fifties Chevy, maybe, and then uh, take it to car shows. 
be that Sunday driver. Oh, sure. Who just, uh, who, who goes way too slow. So not a trailer queen that, you know, never touches the ground. No, it, you'd have to drive it. This is a driver. It is a driver. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't, I don't know. There's something, it goes into collection in general. Cause there's this idea that people have when they're collecting. If you're a car collector, if you're collecting stamps, anything, uh, or people who collect toys, right? Because there are a lot of people who do that. And one thing that always comes up when I hear about collectors is that there are so many people who will say, I want to buy this thing, I want to have it, but I will never touch it, and I will never use it, mm-hmm. and no one else can. Sure. And that's versus the people who say, well, I buy this because I want to use it for the purpose it's being used. It seems weird to me, unless we're talking about an absolute museum piece, it seems weird to me to own a car that you would never drive. Yeah, I feel the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm, I guess I'm kind of in that, uh, in that position right now. I'm never driving that stupid thing, but, uh, <laughs> well, man, you're making my decision sound kind of boring. But, what do you I mean? mean? You got a fantastic answer. That was great. Oh, hey, man. Really thank thought you. about that. Yeah, well, I have works. to, I have to defend it because I mean, an have- RV is like the, one of the most impractical, least cool things you could get. No, I don't think so. I don't think it's the least cool thing you could get. I don't know what that least cool thing would be, but uh, I think an RV can be cool. It depends on maybe what make and model you get. Yeah, for sure. Well, you could also hitch a ride, too, if you need to head, just so you know. And all that goes for you, too. Bad idea. Well, what about you, man? Oh, um, oh, you're saying I could hitch a ride with you. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought you were talking about just hitchhiking in general. Bad idea. What What about you, though? What what, what car would you pick? (laughs) All right. I would, uh, man, see, it's so boring. I would get a truck. I would get a pickup truck, but what specifically, cu- I would get a classic pickup truck. Now, so no F-150 for you. Well, huh? maybe an F-150 from a long, long time yeah, ago. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I would go something classic, but durable. So it had to be useful because I had, I had a dream a long, long time ago about owning, and I mean like a, a decade long dream. Sure. About owning a Model A pickup truck. And wow. I really, I really wanted one. I wanted one bad. Yeah. And this is when I was having some success with my third vehicles. You know, when I was uh, able to drive them and they were actually fun and, you know, I, I enjoyed driving them on weekends and stuff like that. You know, right. maybe the occasional trip to work. Um, and I thought, well, that'd be really cool to have this old Model A pickup truck. And there's actually quite a few of them out there. They made yeah. a ton of them. It's true. And they're more durable than the Model T. I mean, I looked into, you know, the reasons to get that versus a Model T pickup truck and it seemed like the Model A was the one to get. So like, early 1930s, 31, I guess. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they had the wet, the the metal wheels versus the wooden wheels, and, you know, yeah. they just had the right the, the right everything that I wanted, right? Yeah. But then I realized that they're still, I, I mean, they're still a bit fragile. You know, com- you, know you can't really drive oh, sure. that up to the uh, the local, um, uh, you know, the, the uh, nursery and pick up a yard of dirt in the back of one of those and bring it right. home. It's too much weight. If but, somebody wants help moving you can't really pack that thing up with a bunch of stuff repeatedly and expect it to not be the worst for wear exactly right yeah i mean you can carry a limited amount of things in it and that's fine but uh you know again it's it's more of a novelty at this point than anything because well they're they're approaching 100 years old i mean they're getting there that's not that's not a bad choice at all no it's a fun choice it would be fun but 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 i think what i would do because I would probably get something, you know, now that I'm, I'm looking at the more practical side of this, is that sure. I would probably get something that would be practical, fun, unique. Mm-hmm. And that would be like, let's say, like mid-1950s, 1940s even, pickup truck, but something that's way more heavy duty. Yeah, something yeah. Something that has a lot of style to it that can mm-hmm. be, you know, kind of like, uh, almost like a hot rod look. 
Yeah. Uh, something that's, you know, kind of cool, but but still able to, uh, you know, meet those utilitarian needs or tasks that I have for it. So, you know, maybe going to pick up a few two-by-fours at the hardware store isn't something that's out of the ordinary for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it gets scratched. I don't care if the bed is a little rusty. I don't care if somebody opens their door into it at the at the you know at the grocery store or something. It doesn't bother me because every time I drive it, um, you know, I'm just I'm, I'm enjoying being in it. I'm enjoying the experience of driving it. I'm enjoying working on it and keeping it running. But it also serves a purpose. It's not just like a um, it's not just like well, the car I have now that you know is that that four doors. I, I'm not really going to take that to the hardware store and buy stuff in it. I mean, it's fun to cruise around and like I sure. said, maybe take it for a drive up and down you know the main drag in town or. Um, get an ice cream cone on Sunday sure. with it. But yeah. um, outside of that, maybe a, an occasional show. But it's not really something that you would just drive up to uh, Home Depot and and, mm-hmm. and pick up the plumbing supplies you need or, or whatever, bags of mulch. You don't, yeah. you don't do that. And, and with this truck, I mean, it seems like there's a lot of purposes to it. It would serve the purpose of, you know, a lot of people, what a lot of people use like a, a big SUV for. Um, you could have a tow hitch on it. You could, yeah. drag, you could drag a trailer with it. You Dude, could, you should get a semi. <laughs> Get the whole, get the whole so, thing, get the combo, get so, the tractor, so get the back trailer. back to the impractical again, right? With the, uh, <laughs> like, it's, you know, with uh, something you can't park inside. But yeah, you're right. That would be cool to do too. I mean, but totally impractical. Uh, I mean, you have to have the space for something like that. And uh, yeah. I just can't do it. It would crack my driveway. It, well, that, for you, sure. par- you park it on the road, so you crack the city's, <laughs> the city's property. No, that's a neighbor's curb, not mine. <laughs> well, I guess so, you gotta you gotta consider that. I mean, that's boring, and you know, that's it, not boring. Even alternate choice, and I, I guess I, if I were to do something alternate, it would be a very small British Roadster, something oh, that's cool. uh, you know, classic Roadster. Yeah, yeah. Again, driving condition, not show condition, so that I could enjoy it. Because if I felt like I was, you know, you know, walking on eggshells every time I took it out of the garage, right. I would be too nervous to drive it. But you wouldn't really enjoy it. No, but if it was something that I didn't mind, if you know, I. There's a, a branch that sticks out of the road, and I accidentally, you know, brush the edge of it or something. I, I wouldn't care. Um, that would be fun. Uh, all right, so I'm gonna, I'm going to say, and this, this occurred to me in the course of this podcast. I'm going to say a couple other impractical choices. Okay. Impractical for legal reasons. Legal reasons. Mm-hmm. Okay. An ambulance, a fire truck, a police vehicle, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I. Even in this hypothetical situation, I think having a tank would be ridiculous. I don't think that counts. <laughs> no, not street legal. That's not street legal. It's not street legal. Yeah. yeah that's what makes sense. Now, tank. the others are, though, and you right. can do that, and people do do that to compete in competitions. Like, you know, sure. weekend competitions. At, at there are ambulance races shows. and stuff. Well, not races. I mean, I meant shows. Well, I, I didn't know that. But, yeah. Um, like shows, I was thinking. Like, oh, you know, where yeah. you have the uh, reproduction auto, um, police cars. Right, right. And you can get... You can get um, decommissioned police cars at auctions, although I think it's a horrible idea because those things get rode pretty hard. That's true, but how much fun would that be to have like a 440 interceptor or something, you know, under the hood? Yeah, you yeah. Just yeah. surprise anybody that pulled up to the yeah. line next to you. That's what I keep thinking of. I, I think, um, you know, clearly one of the reasons that this would be so impractical is that unless they are decommissioned, it's illegal to impersonate a police officer, a firefighter, well, or an EMT. You know, the ones that go to the shows, they often have uh, removable – well, they have to have removable lights, I believe. Right, yeah. And decals and things mm-hmm. like that so that you can, you know, transport it, I guess. You can drive it without looking like a real police officer, Yeah, which is important. I mean, but sure. also Blues Brothers reproduction. You know, you can make a car that looks like the Blues nice. Brothers car. Yeah, That would yeah. be cool. A little raggedy, but fun. 
I, I just, I, I love the idea. I think I mentioned to you once, uh, uh, several episodes back, maybe, maybe a year now, uh, that when I was growing up, uh, south of, uh, south of Atlanta, there was a fire truck. This, you know, the guy who ran the local Christmas tree farm was also trying to sell this fire truck from, uh, I want to say maybe the sixties, late sixties. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get to ever get close or get inside of it. My parents would not let me near it because that was like my dream. I had one of those, you know, you're in high school and no offense to high school listeners, but sometimes, you know, you, you have dreams that in retrospect seem kind of dumb. Yeah, a little impractical. My big dream was, you know, I thought I was going to be the king of the high school parking lot with my, uh, <laughs> with my fire truck, which, which must, you know, just the thought of the upkeep on that yeah. probably to get it driving is insane. Probably. I've, you know, I've seen a lot of old fire trucks for sale in, you know, things like Craigslist or sure, eBay. Yeah. There's definitely a market for it. Oh yeah. Uh, one of the places I used to park my MG in a uh, storage area. Uh, when I had to put it in storage for a while, it was um, an outdoor area. Well, they had an outdoor area that, that somebody was selling a, uh, a a fire truck, but it wasn't anything remarkable. It didn't have like the rolling fenders and the big, right. you know, the great, the great big, you know, uh, grill on the front. It didn't look like you know the 1940s with the wooden, uh, you know, wooden ladders and all that stuff. It was kind of a, um, it was just kind of a box. It was a yeah. box on wheels. It wasn't anything remarkable, but uh, still for sale. It's still a fire truck, mm-hmm. but uh, nothing really out, you know. A standout cool vehicle. It would be kind of fun to, to have that for just for again for Fires. total novelty. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, a total novelty item. You know, just something that's uh, that's fun. But wouldn't you feel terrible if one time you took it out and there was a fire and you had to say, "I'm not actually a trained firefighter." Yeah, I mean, the tanks are empty. Sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, boy, oh, that'd, that'd be the be, worst. That would be awful. But uh, but I say all that to say, uh, you know, maybe for us right now, until we complete our volunteer firefighting training, it's best for you and I and Noel to take a ride along in a fire truck. That'd that be might cool. Be fun. Yeah, that might be that'd be fun. good. Uh, and listeners, this brings us to one of the most important questions, which is, what about your third car? Right? Yeah. What's your choice? Which which angle do you go with this? Completely impractical? Do you go completely practical with it? Do you take uh you know, do you do you get the uh, the RV like Ben said, the truck like I said, or do you go sports car, or what? What do you get? I mean, yeah, certainly you wouldn't get a plug-in or a high or an electric, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, certainly you wouldn't do that. <laughs> or maybe you do. You know, tell write in and tell us why you would do that, because mm-hmm. uh, I don't I don't think there's really a good reason to to do that. Um, but what what way what, would you go with this? I mean, there's got right. there's there's no wrong answer to this question. No, is there's it a million answers? Is it the uh, is it time for the Bugatti? Is that where you are <laughs> in life? <laughs> wow, that would be quite a third vehicle. That's the creme de la creme. Yes, yeah. yes. And you would have to now talk about being careful when you take that out. Oh, well, you know, okay. I know we're trying to wrap up here. Sure, but sure. I was at an auction house recently, and they had a classic Rolls Royce that was in very rough condition. But how cool would it be to say that you own a Rolls Royce? I mean, this is the kind, you know, with the spirit of uh, ecstasy on the hood and everything. Yeah. On, on the uh, the great big chrome radiator. Beautiful car. Sure. But it was rough. I mean, it was really in bad condition. The, the, you know, the, uh, the the wood on the interior needed to be sanded and refinished. Oh. And the oh. leather was kind of cracked. and But it was a right-hand drive vehicle, and it was big, and it had the right look. So, uh-huh. so do you go for it? You know, what, what do you do? There's there's so many choices out there. So, so listeners, just tell us what you think. Whether you know what what way would you go with this question? 
Right. It really, I think it really depends on how much time you have to put in it, too. So let us know the context, too. Uh, and the best way to do that, you can tell us or post pictures on our Twitter or our Facebook. We're Car Stuff HSW, both of those. If you want to check out the podcast that we alluded to in this episode, of course, uh, visit us at carstuffshow.com. Everything we've ever done, which we both recently found out was more than 700 episodes. Uh, and if you want to write to us directly with uh, Limerick, like we opened the top, uh, please keep it family friendly. There's a clean show. Yeah, otherwise, you won't make it to air. There's a clean show other than the few times I curse. We'll still read it. And, and we'll make it there. We'll laugh. We might mention it. But uh, the best way to do that is to send us an email directly. We are car stuff at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at howstuffworks.com. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.